welcome to episode 67 of the Daniel Yoris podcast, my 2022 fat loss results and final update. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you're having a fantastic day. This is going to be another solo episode updating and recapping my fat loss from this entire year. If you recall, if you've listened to the podcast before or followed me on social media, I've been outlining this entire process from gaining a whole bunch of weight last year to losing it all again this year and just to display the process. So that's what this is going to be about. Just me, no guest today. Um, thank you for spending the, or choosing to spend the next little while with me. I appreciate you and your attention always. And uh, let's get into it. So before we start, if you haven't, go back and listen to episode 53. That was when I started this fat loss thing and kind of outlined the process as to how it was going to go. I didn't veer from that plan. That was the plan that that stuck through. So I don't want to, I'm going to try and not repeat too many things from that episode um, and just sort of recap and go through each of the phases, how things went, what went, what went well, what didn't go well, things I would do differently and recommendations and all that kind of stuff. So if you're not already, follow me on Instagram at Daniel Yoris, all the before and after photos, the weekly progress photos, are all there and I'll sum it all up, but it's hard, you know, I obviously can't show you photos through the podcast. So go go there to to see the photos because you know that that matters and you know puts some context into all these things and what actually happened. So quickly, let's go over the results first, uh, just to put some some of that in your head and um and then I'll go into how. So in January I was sitting at just a little over 177 pounds, 80 and 80.5 kilos. Uh, I don't know what my exact body fat percentage was cause I didn't get it checked. Things were closed here in January, so I couldn't go get a DEXA scan. Couldn't go get, you know, whatever. If I had to eyeball it, it, it had to be close to 30%, if not a little bit higher. And that was probably my, it was definitely my heaviest weight ever. Probably also my just like fattest ever. And I use that term very loosely because it's true. And I, and, and I did that on purpose. I don't feel any way about it. Um, obviously it's not how I want to be for health purposes, for aesthetic purposes, but it was just part of this whole process. So anyways, probably, probably my biggest ever, uh, right now weighed in at 152 pounds, 69 kilos. I did an in-body scan and that hit me at 13% body fat, which the percentage doesn't actually matter. I think that's probably a little low. I'd probably eyeball a little little closer to 15 or so, but you know, whatever, in that in that range. Um no way to tell how much muscle, if any, was lost during this, I suspect. There would be a little amount, but not a whole lot. And the way that I can kind of tell this the best is I also have before and after pictures from last June, which was before this whole process started until now, where my weight was roughly the same within two pounds. And again, go on my Instagram, you'll see the photos there. It's very obvious that I have a lot more muscle. Uh, my gym performance is way bigger, better, so much stronger. So I've, I've definitely put on a lot more muscle since then at the same weight, which was the point of this entire process to begin with. Get big and strong, add some muscle, and then cut away all or, or most of the fat and uh, be at the weight. I don't really care about the weight, but this is just you know where my body ends up based on my height and structure and all that stuff. Um, but you know, to, to be kind of that same size and have more muscle cause that's great. So things went well overall. Um, things went to plan. There's not, there were no surprises there. There were no hiccups. I was very disciplined and I'm going to talk about this maybe a little bit more t- towards the end, but you know, this is, 
this is what I do. I've said this multiple times. This is what I do. <laughs> so it's not a surprise that I was successful at this. Uh, your, your congratulations are welcome and, and appreciated. But, you know, this wasn't that great of an achievement because, again, this is just what I do. So the, the rough plan going in was six months bulking up, gain more fat than necessary for the purposes of showing the process of losing. Starting in January, I did six weeks of a very aggressive dieting, heavy caloric deficit or steep caloric deficit, no special diets, no avoiding food groups, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my calories were about 1,400 a day, which is pretty low. And then after six weeks of that, I stayed at maintenance for about four weeks, let the body recover and, and whatever from that heavy deficit. And then a second six-week stint of aggressive dieting after that, and and then here we are. And that six-week stint was a little bit more aggressive, um, but it was about the same caloric intake, about 1,400 or so. I wasn't like measuring and weighing everything exactly, but eyeballing things close enough, and things never got to a point where I really needed to weigh it because I didn't get like extremely lean 8% or so. If I was to go that low, which I have no desire to do in the near future, uh, I probably would have to. But uh, didn't have to for this, so it was about fourteen hundred for all for all intents and purposes. So I'll go through uh, the chronological order of what happened, and before that, I, I cannot be clear enough about what I'm about to say. That this is what I did. It's it's what worked for me and for my life in the context of my fitness and my social life and my family life and all that stuff. I use this this aggressive approach for myself. I have rarely used this approach with any clients, both in person or online. Like maybe like one one person really that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, there's no special secret. The principles of like how this works, it remains the same for every person. But how you go about it will be entirely different, right? We all got to to lose weight. You have to eat less. You have to be in a caloric deficit. How you go about creating that caloric deficit, that's where the difference is. That's where the individualization of all of this stuff lies. So. We just need to get that out of the way. This is not in any way, oh, you must do this. This is the only way. This is the best way. This is the right way. No, absolutely none of that. Again, I don't really recommend this for anyone, but it worked for me. And so, you know, take the lessons that you can and and apply it to your own life. So the first phase in January, fat as I've been, start dieting down, training intensity massively reduced. That's the first thing. When you start eating less, your body or your ability to recover from training is greatly reduced. So if I was still training where I'm trying to max out and trying to like push as hard as I can every single set, every single session, every single set, that's a very quick way to get injured or burnt out from training or just accumulate so much neurological fatigue that I wouldn't be sleeping, I wouldn't be able to recover. So training has to be changed. Now, training was still intense. It was just different. It wasn't maxing out as a little bit higher reps, a little bit faster tempos in terms of like using some more explosive exercises and things like this, which which also uses less volume because, you know, you can't be doing 10 by 10 of box jumps or something explosive. Like it just doesn't make any sense. So it was a lot. It was just different, um, but lower intensity and lower volume because that's, you know, what has to happen. Now, at the beginning of this, the dietary changes, I was eating so much before this that it like it was actually an uncomfortable amount to be eating as much as I was, to be not hungry basically for six months. So that when I stopped eating and started eating, you know, according to this this new uh, this dieting phase, if you will, quote unquote, it actually felt a little bit good. It felt refreshing to to eat a little bit less and actually feel hungry again. So that was good. But that lasted for maybe a week, and then it started to suck 
pretty quickly. This entire thing is not exactly like a, you know, a fun process of losing weight. And it's not something that I'm trying to glorify in any way. It sucks. It was a thing that has to be done and whatever. I don't think anyone would ever say that it's fun or a nice process to go through, but it's necessary if, if you want to. So because of this also, I had a lot of weight to lose. My weight was very high and higher than it had ever been. Came down very quickly and as it should with that steep of deficit. I think the first week it was down almost like four pounds, which is kind of crazy. Um, weight loss was sustained, probably averaged out over that first couple of weeks, uh, a little over two pounds a week, which is, which is pretty high. But again, I mean, very aggressive. So it kind of makes sense. Some other things that were happening there was like a two week stretch, maybe like weeks two and three or three and four. I don't remember exactly where I was having these crazy dreams, like very strange dreams and very vivid dreams. And they felt like they're lasting the whole night, every night. And, and that's not something that's like common and there was nothing else that changed. And so I'm not sure if it was something to do with the dietary changes, but I can only imagine that it was because that was the only real thing that I that like that changed in my life. I didn't change anything else. So that was a thing. I generally sleep well, and that interrupted my sleep a little bit. It's not uncommon for sleep to suffer when in a caloric deficit for an extended period of time or in a steep caloric deficit. <clears throat> Excuse me. So my sleep's quality was actually fine. It was just these weird dreams that kept happening. So I don't know what's up with that, but that was just something that I that I noted. And, and then it kind of stopped after a while. So it only lasted for like two weeks, and then it kind of stopped. So you know, make whatever, make whatever you will of that. But this is just one of the things that I noticed. Um, another thing that I, that I did during this time was I stopped taking creatine. And I think this was actually a, a bit of a mistake. The reason that I stopped was actually because I just ran out and the place that I usually get it from, like didn't have it. And so I was like, ah, well, maybe I'll just like take a break from it, which by the way, you don't need to cycle creatine. That's not a thing. That's like a bodybuilding myth and you need to cycle steroids, but creatine is not a steroid. Creatine absolutely does not need to be cycled or, you know, whatever loaded or anything like that. You can just continually take it for forever. So, but, but I stopped because I just didn't have it. And I was like, oh, I'm not training that hard anyways. I probably don't really need it, but that was a mistake in hindsight. I should have continued to take it so that I could try to push a little bit harder despite the lack of food. Um, so I would have, I would have changed, I would have changed that. I would have done that differently. Now I was definitely pretty hungry during this whole thing. Actually, before I talk about that, one more thing on the training, I didn't do any crazy cardio. I actually didn't do any cardio during this time other than my regular daily step count of like eight to 10,000 or, or a little bit higher than that, which is pretty normal for me but I didn't like hop on the treadmill every day or ride the bike or anything. I didn't, I didn't do any of that. And I kind of just didn't really need to, my cardio has always been good. Now my blood pressure and my blood pressure was fine. Even when I was like at my biggest, my heart rate probably increased a little bit. And as I went down, as I lost the weight and came down through this, my heart rate is definitely, my resting heart rate has definitely dropped. My blood pressure is actually kind of low, but like within healthy range that, so that also came down a little bit, but it was always fine. Um, so anyways, I didn't, I didn't do any dedicated cardio, uh, during this phase back to the hunger thing. I definitely was hungry after the first week of it, feeling good and whatever refreshing to not be stuffed all the time. I, I was hungry and it, and it hurt. It was not easy, but I don't have some secret to avoid it. Like, yes, you know, eat whole foods, don't eat junk food because whole foods just generally fill you up more potatoes and vegetables and meats and fish and those kind of things. But 
at that steep of a deficit that I was at, no matter which way you try and slice it up, you're going to be hungry. And the truth of the matter is you kind of got to just suck it up. There's, (laughs) there's no pretty way to go about this. Like fat loss, it's not fun. It's not glorious in any way. There's, there's, you can use these tricks, brush your teeth after dinner, drink more water before a meal, have this, have that, have potatoes instead of rice or, you know, whatever. But if you're being aggressive, then, you know, aggressive results require aggressive actions. And sometimes that just means sucking it up a little bit. Now, there is something to be said about being too hungry. Let me, let me backtrack that. When I started this off by saying that this is my approach and the way that I did it, I know for myself that I am disciplined enough to suck it up and be hungry. The problem with a lot of diets is that they give you very little food. So you are in a big deficit and you're very hungry. Now, those hunger pangs are not easy to control. I say just suck it up and that sounds simple, but I'm very aware, very aware that it's not easy. And this is where then you binge. You have a little bit of chips. You have a little bit too much of something. So you, you you have to keep your hunger in check and find strategies and ways to do it. And sometimes that can be drinking more water. That's just a legit thing. Sometimes it can be just having a little bit of fruit. And by a little bit of fruit, it, it's like not an entire banana and an apple and an orange. It's like, you know, two two or three strawberries just to hold you over to your next meal, depending on how strict you're going and how many calories you have, you're giving yourself and all that kind of stuff. So that that's where like this, oh, don't eat too little. It's it's not because you're eating too little that you gain fat. That's nonsense. It's that because you restrict yourself so heavily, you then break your diet. And it's the breaking of the diet and binging and going crazy. That's where the problems come in. So for myself, I knew based on my my own previous history and my own the way that I do everything, I would be able to get through it. I would be able to suck it up. And so I did that don't have a, again, no pretty way to go about this. I sucked it up. It sucked. And, and, and that was it. Now the results of this, uh, dropped 15 pounds in the six weeks, six, 6.8 kilos. And so by the end of this, uh, got down to 162 pounds. Then from there, we went into the maintenance phase. Now going into that severe of a deficit isn't good for any long period of time right it's it's essentially i mean any deficit is a controlled a controlled starvation but essentially when it, or especially when it's that steep so this is where this is kind of what i was saying before this is where people get into trouble with the strict diets it's not because you can't stick to it it's because you, you keep breaking the diet it's not you you keep breaking the diet because you're so restrictive that you binge and cheat and then it prolongs this deficit and leads them nowhere and this commonly more commonly and more more tangibly actually happens with females and women that you, the diet goes so long that you start to have hormonal implications. You lose your menstrual cycle and all of the hair falls out and all this crazy stuff. And, and that's because you're trying to be in this deficit for so long, but really you're kind of like in a steep deficit Monday to Friday. And then you're you know going crazy on the weekend. And then the cycle just continues. That's why I've said before on the podcast, like, Dieting is not meant to be sustainable. Get in, get out. It's not supposed to be the way of your life. The way of your life is supposed to be your maintenance. So this is why I introduced this maintenance phase in the middle. You're not, the the deep deficit is not meant to be sustained. It's not meant to last for a very long time. So six weeks was already pushing the edge of where I'd like to be. And maybe in the future, I'll actually experiment with 
even shorter, like even two-week diet periods with a month break in between. So the strict deficit works, but it only works if you actually do it and actually stick to it. I use this period of maintenance to let my body recover from all of these things, from all the damage, quote-unquote, that's done by starving yourself, uh, give some relief from the hunger. The psychological aspect for sure is a big part of it. Reestablish some good habits because, you know, this is, this is something that we should also talk about, not something that I have personal experience with, but this kind of stuff can lead to eating disorders or disordered eating behavior. And whether that's, you know, diagnosis or whatever, I'm not sure, but it can lead to disordered eating behavior. So you've got to know in your heart and in your head that this is going to be something for you and how to do it. So you reestablish those good behaviors. Um, and then I got in some, some good training because I'd be able to recover it from now. So that was, that was fun. You're just lifting heavy and kind of my normal, I guess, quote unquote, power building type of thing where I was working on my squat, bench, deadlift, weighted pull-ups, and then some bodybuilding style or not bodybuilding, but like hypertrophy style stuff towards the end and, and a little bit of like fun, more fun cardio with sleds and ropes and bike sprints and that kind of stuff. Started taking creatine again. So that, that helped uh, again, w- you know, should have been taking it the whole time, but it is what it is. Training was great. I had a lot of fun weight as expected during this time. Didn't really change. And, you know, of course being at maintenance, it didn't change. It fluctuated, you know, around uh, up and down a couple pounds day to day. But when you look at the, the four weeks, I think it went down like maybe one pound or not like base. Basically it didn't change over the four weeks. Physique didn't change a whole lot either, which I think is important to mention because physique changes can be driven purely by your training, but that takes a lot longer. This is that sort of recomp thing that you may have heard about where you're losing body fat and gaining muscle at the same time. And like, yes, that's possible. It's more possible the newer you are to training, less drastic, the more experienced you are of a trainee. Uh, maybe I gained a little bit of strength, but you know, it was only four weeks long. It's not long enough for that significant of a change to happen, especially for someone who is experienced and not new to the gym. Whereas the difference between trying to make uh, physique changes with purely training or with nutrition, like you can see some pretty significant changes in six weeks by only manipulating your nutrition in only six weeks of only manipulating your training. Very, very difficult to actually visibly see uh, significant changes, not no changes, but significant changes. And if you go back and look at the pictures on my Instagram, you'll, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. The first six weeks, you'll see that, yeah, okay. There was like some, you know, some serious weight loss that happened the next four weeks, uh, basically looks the same, which was, you know, the point. And then the next six weeks, like, okay, yeah, there's a lot, a lot that happened here. Now the, so that was the end of that. So no, no weight change, no, no anything. The last phase, phase three, after this four weeks of maintenance, was feeling good, ready for the final push, was motivated and kind of ready to ready to get it done with. Same diet approach, which was about fourteen hundred or so calories, which is about as aggressive as I as I was, you know, willing or able to do. I, I don't think it would be a smart idea for for me to go lower than that. And and this is all based on like, you know, how tall you are, how heavy you are, how much muscle you have, and all these kind of things. It, very few people, like I'm not a big guy, obviously you can tell us like my weight, like I'm not, you know, if I'm 200 pounds, if I was 200 pounds and like lean, I, like 1400 calories would be, would be nonsense. That would be impossible, but I'm not that big of a person. So I can have, you know, little or low amounts of calories. And, and so can you, if you're smaller than me or bigger than me, you know, it's ought to be individualized as always. So that was about as aggressive as I can make it not willing to, 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 to do lower than that. No special tricks, no special foods, kept protein super high, trained hard, 
but you know, to an intensity that I can recover from, I was doing a lot of like joint specific training, some FRC stuff, which was fun to, uh, to display on Instagram and, and stuff like that. And just show people how it's going. My body feels amazing. The thought process behind that was that it's not super intense because like the loads, the external loads are not that heavy, but it was pretty intense on the joints and very specific so that when I do start training hard again now, like, although I haven't been using very heavy loads, my joints have been under kind of a lot of stress and, and the muscles that really support those. And I should be able to exert more force in those end ranges. And my joints basically won't explode, <laughs> if you will, when I, when I put some heavy weights on top of them now. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I think it will, uh, I think it will go well. And again, was hungry through this one, not an emergency, just sucked it up. No, uh, no special tricks. If I was like really hungry and it was, you know, quarter, I, you know, was getting stressed out about it and all that stuff. I have like literally two blueberries, like nothing just to have some taste in my mouth to, to, to hang on till the next meal or whatever it was. Now, one thing that I did do differently during this phase was I upped my dedicated cardio. Now, cardio is not meant for the purpose of cardio rather is not for losing weight. That's not how it works. Cardio is heart training. There is a side effect benefit that it burns more calories at a relatively low intensity. So for weight loss, it definitely helps a lot. And again, I was unwilling to eat less. So to keep that large deficit, now that my weight was a little bit lower to keep it at that same rate, I had to spend more energy to keep up the deficit. So I did more zone two cardio, which is like fast walking basically, which is very easy, very easy to recover from, not stressful on the body, not stressful on the joints. So I can continue to do that while not fueling myself adequately. And I added in one to two short runs. And by short runs, I mean 15 to 20 minutes at like, you know, a moderate pace, I guess. I don't know what my pace was. Like I don't, for runners, I have no idea what my pace was, but it was like moderate. It was fine. Um, And that was mostly just because like, you know, weather's getting warmer, you know, you get to be outside a little bit. Running is a good skill. It's been some time since I ran, so I figured I should do it. I I almost said I enjoy it. I used to enjoy it, and I'm trying to find that again. I, I used to enjoy it when it was when <laughs> when it was easy. When I was younger and I was playing soccer, like I could, you know, I could walk out the door and go for an hour run and not even think about it, and it would be fine. Now, like that's you know, that's an ordeal, and that would be hard. And it's not even the cardio of it as much like my cardio is actually pretty good. Even through the runs that I did, it's like, you know, the heart rate steadies and my breathing, I'm not like panting and going crazy unless I'm sprinting, but not panting and going crazy. It's more just like the legs that are not used to it mechanically of it. And I think, I think that you know, running is like good skill. Like should be able to, should be able to ease. I feel like as a human, I should be able to like easily go for a run for an hour. So um, I'm getting back to, so that was the main point of that. But I mean, it definitely, it definitely helped with the, with the extra calorie burn. Now, one thing that did happen during this, during this phase was things were going well the first couple of weeks. Uh, I was probably at, you know around that same clip, about a kilo two or just over two pounds down per week. And then I think it was the third week of this things things started to slow down. Where I think I was like I was going down about only a pound a week. It, it slowed down, and you know in most cases like that's a pretty good rate of fat loss. But I was like, well you know, I, w- I want it to be faster than that. That's the whole point of this thing. So, th- so this was a pretty pivotal, or this was a pretty important part of this at, at this point as well, for whatever reason, it-, it felt kind of easy. And I don't say that to brag or whatever. It's just like, I wasn't, 
actually that hungry. It felt pretty normal. I was like, I'm not really even pushing. And this is where the minimum effective dose strategy plays a huge, huge role. So like, yes, I was being aggressive, but I wasn't doing the most that I could possibly do right out of the gate. And the reason for that is I don't want to do more than I have to do to achieve the results that I'm trying to achieve. So if I wanted to hit that one kilo-ish down per week, I knew what I had to do and I was doing that. I could have done more and increased that rate, but I didn't want to increase that rate because then when it goes too fast, there is more risk of losing muscle and that kind of stuff. So the beauty of this is when it com- when things start to slow down, which I anticipated there would be a point during this whole journey, journey, if you will, it's kind of a, that's such a fancy term. It's so dramatic and romantic of a term, whatever. <laughs> I anticipated a time when the results would slow down. And since I wasn't overdoing it or doing the most, I had room to push a little bit harder. And so I did. So what I did when I noticed that things were slowing down, I said, okay, now we can kick it up a notch. I cut food down just a tiny bit. And again, I wasn't like counting calories, so I I don't really know exactly, but maybe by like a hundred per day. What I also did here at this point for for the last couple of weeks was I cut my carbs pretty low and it was probably about like 50 grams or less a day. I never cut out fruit, but it was about 50 grams a day or, or less of carbs. And it's not because carbs are bad, of course. It's just because that this works for me. When you're eating that little food, something's something's got to give, right? It's not going to be protein because I'm trying to hold on to as much muscle as I can. So I'm, I was eating mostly protein. If I drop that, then I'm more at risk to lose muscle, which that's not good. Now, and I know for myself, if I must choose, I'd rather keep the fats than the carbs. So I made that choice to, to, to cut the carbs. And again, it wasn't zero. I didn't cut out the fruits and I knew that it wasn't going to be for forever. It was only for three more weeks. So that was that. It's just, I can't make that clear enough. Tightened up the food and I kicked up the cardio. At that point, this was again, pushing right to the end. I did at least, at least 40 minutes of zone two cardio, which again is like fast incline walking kind of thing every day. Plus the runs still, still twice a week, plus my workouts. And it was at least 40 minutes, probably most days it was closer to an hour. Um, and what do you know it? Like clockwork, weight loss kicked right back up to that one kilo a week kind of rate, which is great. I mean, it it sounds like, oh, this is all working perfectly and it's all going great. And it's like, yeah, well, th- these things are not magic. Like they're not, they don't happen by accident. It's, it's, it's a calculation. And I knew I was going to be able to do it. I knew I was going to be able to stick to it. And so when you do the right things, then those things happen, right? It's not, it's not, it's not a mystery. It just, it sounds all perfect because, you know, I, because I know what I'm doing for myself and I'm, you know, fully, fully in control of all the things that were happening. So that's that. Anyways, the minimum effective dose strategy allows you to push harder when you need to. Then at this point, it felt pretty difficult. Uh, like the, the last couple of weeks were, were very hard, but again, you know, very close to the finish line. So you suck it up and push through. Those last three weeks, sleep was definitely affected. Just like readiness scores from the aura ring and whatever were a little lower um, but not that bad. I mean, like my normal sleep is very good. So I'm a little bit sensitive, I guess, to anything less than like amazing. <laughs> so it, it was a bit affected, but it wasn't, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, I was hungry, but again, you know, suck it up and, and just get through it. Uh, the training continued to, to go well, runs and everything continued to go well. And that was that. So end result got down again to 69 kilos, 152 pounds in that last six weeks. 
I did one of those in-body scans. The machine said 13.5% body fat. Again, not sure exactly how accurate that is, but I mean, you know, whatever, close enough. The number doesn't really matter anyways. It's just more of a marker of things. Same as the weight on the scale, like doesn't really matter. I don't actually care what my weight is so long as if I'm trying to lose fat, obviously my weight would be coming down. So if it's heading in the right direction, then that's a good thing. Um, you know, if I had to eyeball myself, I, I would pin myself at like 14 to 16% right now, but again, it, it doesn't actually matter. Um, so there's a little bit less overall weight loss in the second stint than the first. Now this is an important note as well. At, at first, I had way more weight to lose, I had greater potential, which makes it easier to do, right? When you, when you have so much to lose, the stimulus you need to apply is not that great. Weight loss gets harder as you go. As you, The less and less weight you have to lose, the stimulus of the weight loss has to be greater to continue to elicit change, right? When we, It's way harder to lose the last five pounds than it is to lose the first hundred pounds, and that translates all the way through that entire spectrum. The same way, you know, you've been lifting for 10 years, it's harder to continue making gains. In your first year lifting, it's not unreasonable for your squat to go from basically zero or the bar to like 200 pounds. Like that's, that's not unreasonable. If you made that clip of, of progress, like hundred, 200 pounds per year, there would be like people, plenty of people walking around who squat like 5,000 pounds, but obviously that's not the way the world works. And it's the same with fat loss. As you go on, it gets harder and harder. As you get closer and closer to the end, as you have less potential, it gets harder and harder to continue to lose. So, which, which was expected and that was fine. Um, but you know, again, important to note that you can't get around these things. It it does happen slower. And if I wanted to get even leaner again, I I think I'm in that 15 ish percent range, maybe slightly lower. If I wanted to get down to like 8% and get super diced, that would be like cutting the amount of body fat that I have now in half again that would be very hard. It would, it would be a much different process. It's not the same thing to get down to, to below 10%. It's a little bit harder. So, you know, you have to always take that into consideration and decide whether you're willing to lose that last five pounds. Is it worth it? Are you willing to do the things that it takes? Cause it's way harder. So that's a, it's a real conversation that you've got to have with yourself. Now, uh, let's talk about what I, what I learned through this process. Let me rephrase that. I don't know that I actually like really learned a whole lot myself through this process because this is not the first time that I've done something like this. Obviously, like this is my job. And so, you know, I know what I'm doing. So I don't know that I learned a whole lot through this. It's not the first time that I've done something like this for myself either. So I didn't have this like, you know, self-awakening. Oh my God, I learned so much about myself through this process. Like, no, it didn't didn't really didn't really happen. But here here's just a couple of takeaways if you will. I confirmed my original thought that building muscle or gaining weight is much harder than losing weight. It was way harder for me and I think for most people to eat as much as I was eating for those 6 months from last July or June to to December than it was for me to like diet strictly for uh you know two times 6 weeks. So it's it's just it's harder to lose weight. It losing weight is mostly a psychological battle, but mechanically it's pretty easy. Your training can be way less specific. Training still matters, but it's not it doesn't have to be as specific as your training is when you're trying to build muscle, which, you know, the exercise selection, the order of exercises, the programming matters a whole lot more 
when you're trying to put muscle on. When you're trying to lose weight, you can basically, you can almost do anything that's not like dumb stuff, like completely dumb stuff, but like your programming can be a lot less specific. So mechanically losing weight, pretty easy, but psychologically very, uh, very difficult. And that's, and that's where the difference comes. Another big takeaway I think was this cardio is not necessary for losing weight, like doing dedicated cardio, but it absolutely helps. I've said this you know earlier, but the biggest benefit of cardio has nothing to do with burning calories. And I very strongly believe this, you know, your heart rate will improve, your blood pressure will improve, your mood improves by, especially if you're doing it outside, your recovery improves, especially if you're, if you're training hard and not just in a weight loss context, the rec- the caloric burn is a nice side effect of doing cardio, but it's not necessary. To get extremely lean, I think that most people would have to do cardio to make it reasonable because, you know, again, like you can only eat so little. So before before you lose your mind. And and if you can use a couple extra hundred calories during cardio, that might make all the difference. And when I say a couple hundred, I mean like literally two to three hundred max. Despite what your Apple Watch says and what the machine says that's not even connected to your body at all that you've been on the the treadmill or whatever for an hour, like you did not burn a thousand calories, I promise you. If it was that easy, everybody on the treadmills would be shredded, but they're not. So, you know, take that with a with a grain of salt. But yeah, so I, I do believe that cardio is 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 not necessary, but it, but it helps a lot. Big one was this. <clears throat> You have to stay the course and zoom out a little bit. None of these things are rocket science. They do work, but they work imperfectly. And what I mean by that is there's going to be fluctuations. There's days where your weight spikes or you just look inflamed and you've been doing everything right. And it's just like, there's more to it. There's there's exact nutrients and things that you need and, and minerals and the way you slept and the amount of water. And there's a whole bunch of things. And so if you get too caught up on the daily changes, it's a very quick way to it's a very quick way to fail because you'll start to adjust things that don't need to be adjusted. So you need to make a plan, a good plan from the beginning and then stick to that. And then when, if given enough time following that plan closely, it's still not working. That's when you can make changes. But just because your weight spikes up two pounds on one day for seemingly no reason, it doesn't mean that you're, that you did something wrong. You just, you just let it go. You brush it off and you zoom out on the chart and say, okay, have I made progress since the last week, since three weeks ago? Yes. Then keep going. And now if your weight continues to spike up or something like that, then that's something you got to look at, but you got to zoom out and, uh, and really stay the course, trust the process, all that kind of stuff. Last big takeaway, I think here, this makes it made it a lot easier for me and for many others as well is you got to get comfortable or not that you have to, but it helps a lot to eat a lot of the same meals having the same thing for breakfast, having like a couple different lunch things that you cycle through, a couple different dinner things that you cycle through. It makes it so easy to to track uh, and and you can mix and match and you know exactly what, what's eating. You're very much in control. It takes a lot of the decision work out of it. You're not thinking about what should I eat that's going to fit my macros? What, did I, what should I eat that's going to fit this or that's going to taste good or that's going to be enough or you know whatever. You, you've kind of done the thinking. And so eliminating decisions tends to be a good thing when you're trying to be pretty strict because you've already made that decision. When you have to make a decision, then you're more likely to make a wrong decision. If you're not deciding, then the chance of making a wrong decision is zero or near zero. So eating the same meals is is useful. And I know I can already hear you, oh, but like, no, that's boring. Who wants to eat the same thing all the time? 
I know, I know that it's boring, but you're not doing this for fun. None of this process is fun. We've said this a few times already. It's boring, but it works. So the diet is not supposed to be sustainable. We'll say that again. I'll probably say it once more before I finish here. The diet to lose weight is not supposed to be sustainable. You get in, you do what you got to do, you get out, and then you live your life. And your lifestyle after that has to be sustainable, not the part where you're trying to lose weight. If you're perpetually trying to lose weight, you're doing it wrong. Shouldn't take forever. So yes, it's boring, but it's not fun anyways. Now what's next? So I've done this. I've got back to, you know, the body that I, that I wanted and, and hit my goal of this and all that stuff. What do I do next? To sum it up in a sentence, I'll just eat normally at my maintenance level, loosely keep track of things kind of like I've always done and, uh, you know, train hard and get as strong as I can and just, you know, have fun in the gym and, and work my butt off and do that stuff because that's what I, that's what I like. That's way more fun for the foreseeable future. I am pretty well done with any significant physique changes back to where I was and pretty happy here. And at the moment I have no desire to do what it takes to get significantly leaner does nothing for me. Maybe it would be some like, you know, some cool photos, but like, don't really, (laughs) really care about that. I don't put that much worth in my physique as far as my knowledge. And, And it doesn't matter. Like I didn't like being as as fluffy, as fat as I was. It's not good. It doesn't make me feel confident. It doesn't make me feel good. It doesn't make me feel good as a coach either, if that was how my body was all the time. And not to say that you have to be in shape and all that stuff, but you got you to gotta walk the walk a little bit too. So anyways, I, don't, I don't have no desire to get significantly leaner or significantly bigger or anything right now. I just want to train hard, lift some heavy ass weights, have some fun in the gym, and uh, and that's it. And you know, I mean, pretty much that will likely result in a little bit more leaning out and a little bit more muscle last muscle muscle last muscle mass added but you know i guess it's kind of the recomp thing but i'm not going to be trying to do that that's just going to happen naturally it won't be anything drastic or significant that's not the goal just pure performance uh, i think this is also worth mentioning i'm not going to reverse diet or do anything like that reverse diet is where you slowly like up your calories to then get back to maintenance after a period of dieting Reverse dieting is a good psychological tool if you feel uncomfortable eating more, but physiologically, it's unnecessary. If I eat back up to my maintenance level, then there's no reason that I would gain weight. Sure, my weight might spike up by a pound or two as like, you know, water, my body holds on to more water and whatever, but like, who gives a shit about the number on the scale? It doesn't actually matter. So I won't even track it. So I don't even care. If I notice myself getting like fatter again, then yeah, then I'm obviously not at my maintenance level. It's not because I ate at my maintenance too fast. It just means that I'm not at maintenance and I'm overeating. So that's how I would gauge it. But reverse dieting is not necessary. It is a good psychological tool. If you're fearful of gaining weight again, then yes, slowly increasing those calories. But again, it's kind of extending the diet. And like we said, there's no need to extend the diet longer than it has to be. Do it, get it done, get out. So no, no reverse diet, just eat back back up to maintenance and, and go from there. I do have some performance goals that I haven't fully mapped out yet, but maybe I'll just put them out there. One one thing that I really want to try and be able to do is, you know, if you've seen like the the little ab wheel thing, I want to be able to do a, a, at least, well, we'll start at one rep. I want to be able to do one rep from standing, toes fully extended and come all the way back in. That would be super cool to be able to do. I'm like, I'm like 75% of the way there right now, but I want I want to be able to do a full one. So that would be pretty cool um, for no real reason. Not like, I mean, yeah, it's a great exercise, but like, you know, 
just just to do it just for the sake of it uh, i want to be able to do the front splits as well that's something that i think would be would be awesome again not necessary to be able to be that flexible but would be pretty cool I'd, I'd like to be able to get that i'm not really close at that haven't really been working towards it at all um but you know whatever would like to try and get there at some point like by the end of the year i'll, I'll say these things like by the end of the year deadlift i would love to hit 500 pounds which for some people that sounds like, wow, you can't even deadlift 500, but like, you know, whatever for me, I think that would be pretty good. 500 pound deadlift, 405 squat, 315 bench. If I hit those by the end of the year, I'll be pretty happy. I think they're all within reach, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I think the deadlift it will, will be the, will be the hardest one. I'm, I'm pretty confident that I could hit a 405 squat. Um, less confident about the bench press and least confident about the deadlift. I mean, I think I can do it eventually, but whether it's this year or not, I don't know. And knock on wood that, you know, stay healthy and don't get injured and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't really have any cardio goals. Like, I don't want to run a 10 K. I'm not going to do any of that stuff, but like, I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll mess around with the rower and try and hit some sort of PR for something on the rower or salt bike. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, but I'll come up with some cardio goal eventually as well. So that's pretty much that. I mean, basically I did this whole thing to like to display the process. And now that it's done, I can get back to just training hard and not worry about the aesthetics and that kind of stuff, which again, ironically, I believe the aesthetics will continue to improve, but that wasn't, you know, I I'm I can happily be done with uh thinking about that for now. Some closing thoughts just to just to finish this off. You know, this this was hard. This whole process was difficult but it wasn't that difficult. Anybody can do this. Anyone can do this. It might be more difficult for you than it was for me. It might be less difficult. I don't know, but anyone can do this. This is not, there's no magic tricks. There's no secrets. Anyone can do this. You as well. It's not supposed to be sustainable. Get in, get out, live your life. The lifestyle afterwards should be sustainable. That's the important thing. There should be no surprises. You have to make this match your life. I made some pretty significant sacrifices socially and whatnot during this. And I was, you know, I was prepared and willing to do so. And that comes with the territory, aggressive actions or aggressive results require aggressive actions. I was definitely annoying to eat with whoever, you know, any of my friends or whoever listening to this, I was annoying person to eat with. And, you know, shout out to my mom and my girlfriend for putting up with that because I know that it was annoying and, uh, you know, your support network matters. And, and so does accountability and that, that thing it matters. The people around you supporting you and, and you know facilitating what you're doing and not setting you up for failure, that matters. You know, I, I don't want to be like fake and say, oh, I couldn't have done it without the accountability of you, my followers, and because, you know, I was posting on Instagram and, you know, you held me accountable to do it because that's not, that's not true. <laughs> and I don't say that to be, I don't, I don't say that to be a dick. It's just like, I would have, I would have done this just the same. It certainly helps to like be held accountable to Instagram, but I mean, I would have done this just the same. And and again, said this a couple of times and I, and I can't stress this enough. And so I keep saying it, this doesn't mean that you need to do the way, do things the way that I did or, or that having accountability partners and coaches and stuff aren't ideal for you. They probably are, especially an accountability partner. Keep in mind for me and, and for other trainers that you listen to or follow and, and do these kind of things, this transformation and blah, blah, Health and fitness is my profession. I, I don't do this just on the side for fun while I have a regular job that's like, you know, stressing me out and I don't have kids and I don't have that stuff. So like, this is, this is what I do. So 
the accountability, like, yeah, it matters. And like, you know, whatever you'll see some people play this stuff up about how hard it is. And thank you so much to this person and that person. And I don't know, it, it kind of, it, it makes me, I always question that stuff and how authentic that really is. I think they're just kind of playing it up to, to make a thing and, you know, no names in particular that I can even think of or that I would call out anyways, because that's not the point, but you know, whatever, this is what I do. So don't take it me saying this was easy and didn't need accountability and all that stuff. Like that's me. That's not, that's not you. Again, I don't like, I don't, I don't say this to brag. I, I, I believe, I don't think that I'm the best in the world at this, but I do believe that I'm very good. And at, at an absolute minimum, I'm very good. I'm amazing at doing it for myself. So, so there's that. So just keep that in mind with, with, you know, everything that I've said today here. Uh, this is again, why I always say you have to apply these things to your, to your own life. It's impossible for me to sit here on this podcast, talking to my microphone or saying something on social media to tell you exactly what you need to do, because I'm just talking here. I have to speak in general terms. I can't possibly, you know, pre-recorded speak to exactly what's going on in your life. And, you know, I've said this, there's a handful of basic physiological principles that work for everyone. How they are applied is where things differ between each of us. And that's where the magic lies, the, the context of your own life. That's where the magic is. This is where, you know, this is where coaching comes in. So I can actually have a conversation with you and figure out all the ins and outs for you and work with you on achieving your fat loss goals and same goals for muscle gain or whatever, because th- this is how we do things. You, you, you all know, everyone knows that you've got to eat less. You got to eat healthy food. You got to exercise more. We all know this. But how do I set this up? How do I? These are the questions that matter, and this is where this is where the magic is. So, that that's where you know that's where coaching and, and individual approach comes in because it's not always easy to figure this out for yourself. Because again, you know you've got a job, you've got a family, you've got other commitments, you've got things. You don't have, you don't spend all day thinking about this the same way that I do. And I don't say that to mean that I'm like obsessive or crazy or don't have other hobbies. But like this is my job, so I at least spend at least 10, 12 hours a day just thinking about this as a course of what I do. And because it's also fun to me, I'm, I'm very lucky, I guess, to have a job that affects people's life's lives and, and that I actually love and I'm very passionate about. So in that sense, yeah, it's like pretty easy for me to spend a lot of time thinking about this, but for you, it's not because you have other stuff to do. So, you know, this is where, this is where people like, like me come in to help you navigate these things. So anyways, I think I've blabbed on enough. I truly hope that, uh, you know, you've learned something useful from this whole process, whether it's been something, you know, directly related to fat loss, a tip or something that you might use, or just the mindset in general, or maybe even some of the joint training that I've been showing, cause that's been kind of cool and interesting and uncommon. Um, but I, I truly hope that you've learned something from this because the whole point of doing this was to, was to educate and to, and to help you. So I, I very much hope that, uh, that you learned something from this. If you're, if you're ready to, to step your game up, get in your best shape, I'll put the link to apply for online coaching in the show notes here. Send me an email, send me a message through the through the website. We'll hop on the phone. We'll discuss your goals and everything relevant to your health and fitness. And then we'll get to work on building the best version of you, whether that be fat loss, whether that be muscle gain, whether that be healthy dieting tips, whether that be training hard, hitting PRs in the gym, strength gains, whatever it is. You know, if, if you need that help, you need that individualization. That's what I'm here for. So send me a message there. Um... And that's it, because I just want the best for you, <laughs> and that's all. And uh, yeah, I just want the best for you. That makes me makes me smile to say that, but this is this is what it is. So I hope that you've taken something from this. 
If you enjoyed this episode, like all episodes, please share this with a friend. Please, please take a second if you if you have to leave a review on iTunes, rating on Spotify. Those things help a heck of a lot. So uh, I appreciate each of you that has done that so far. And, and if you do it in the future, uh, thank you very much as well. Um, that's all. Go outside, take your shoes off, eat some good food, eat some real food, be a good person, and we'll see you soon.